Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. On this podcast, as many of you know, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, this episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. And if you haven't yet already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so today so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests this whole season. All right. For today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different, mixing it up. Inside the huddle with us isn't one guest, but two incredible players, and they are both ready to share their stories and talk about their paths to the draft. Joining us today is Colin Schooler and his brother, Brendan. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm excited to have you both here. It's going to make for an interesting discussion for sure. So before we get into our chat, let me just share a little bit about each of your backgrounds. Colin, I'll start with you. Colin is a linebacker who finished his college football career at Texas Tech. And as soon as he suited up as a Red Raider, Colin made an immediate impact to the team's defense. And prior to playing at Texas Tech, Colin played college football at the University of Arizona. And now Brendan. Brendan actually played multiple positions in college, having experience on both sides of the ball. He played defensive back and wide receiver. And Brendan finished his college football career playing for the University of Texas. Prior to that, he had a brief stint at the University of Arizona, which we'll talk about. And then he also played for four seasons at the University of Oregon. So we're going to talk about all these guys' college football careers and more in today's show. All right, guys, you ready? Yes, ma'am. Yep. All right. So where I want to kick things off is let's just run it way, way back. You guys are from Dana Point, California. I used to live in Orange County, beautiful area. And I know your your guys' dad played college ball as well. Tell us, Brendan, how did you guys get into football? How did it all start? I, I, I tell people we were kind of born into it with our dad being, you know, an ex-college football player. Uh, my mom would tell me stories of him, you know, playing on the PlayStation 1, also holding me in his arm like a football. So, I mean, from, you know, just as long as I can remember, kind of football has been part of our life. And, you know, whether we were at my dad's practices when he was coaching at high school, just watching their practices and being ball boys on Friday nights at high school football games and, you know, just kind of being immersed in it as a young age. So it's just been kind of part of our DNA ever since we were we were pretty much born. You know, Brendan, when you look back at kind of playing the sport of football at a young age, what is it about the sport that made you really fall in love with the game? I think the the attention to detail, the fact that there's always something that you can improve on in your game. No one is going to be perfect on every snap. And, you know, it's kind of that that drive and that want to be perfect that keeps you coming back. And, you know, obviously being you know, able to play on the biggest stage, you know, especially at universities like Oregon and Texas, you know, just the adrenaline rush you get making great plays on the field and, you know, getting to celebrate with your teammates. I mean, I don't really think I could ever replicate kind of that kind of feeling. So I think that's what I kind of really fell in love with the game. 
Colin, how about you? What about football made you fall in love with it? Like Brendan said, the attention to detail is, it's just a form of art, you know, where especially on defense, all 11 people have to do their job. And the work is one unit for, you know, a team to win. So just doing that, it's when teams do well. And like, I, I bring up the Super Bowl when the Patriots played the Rams a couple of years back. Everybody was so bored of that game because they didn't score a lot of points. But I was ecstatic because there was a lot of good defense being played in that game, too. So I like doing that, the camaraderie between teammates and, you know, just falling in love with the grind. Like Brennan said, always continuing to get better and, and never being happy or settled for where you're at right now, you know. So it's always having fun to, to strive to be better. And growing up, Colin, were you guys like super competitive? Do you guys try to help push each other or were you just at each other's so trying to show who was better at the game? Yeah, we were really competitive growing up. It goes, it dates back to when we were in diapers racing down the hall. And I remember it was my first trip to the hospital because we were running and Brennan bumped me in the hallway and I fell into the wall and hit my head and split it open. So there has been no lack of competition when we were growing up. But funny enough, tackle football was the last sport that we both started. So we, we started off with soccer and then moved to baseball, basketball, lacrosse, and then tackle. And we did flag football before we even did tackle football. So it was the last sport that we that we started. So there was a lot of competition growing up between the other sports and, you know, just going to the park and, and shooting hoops or throwing batting practice and hitting balls or doing whatever. So there was no shortage of competition between us. I'm like you in the sense that I'm competitive, played sports my entire life, fell in love with the game of football at four. I did not grow up in a football family, so a little bit different influence there. But I took so many lessons away from the game ever since I was a little girl. Brendan, when you look back about all of these things that you've learned from the sport of football, I know you've mentioned some of the things that made you fall in love with it. But when you look at what strategies, what things you've taken away that you think will help you as you prepare for this next level and play professional football, what are some of those key things, key lessons that you've taken from football? Um, I'd say the biggest lesson that I took away from football is being accountable. Like Colin said, on defense, you have to trust that your teammate and on offense as well, that he's going to be, he's going to do his job to the best of his ability. And he's got to be able to trust you that you're going to do your job to, to your best ability. And if all that happens and, you know, you're going to have a successful play, a successful series, and hopefully a successful game on offense or defense. And then the second thing I would say I took away is you have to embrace the grind like life is a grind sports is a grind and if you just continue to work and if you have you know air in your lungs to breathe you have to continue to fight and you know continue to strive to always be better whether that's provide for yourself provide for your family you know and just and just strive to be the best person you can every day i really like that now colin you play linebacker what in your mind are the things necessary to play that position well and secondly what makes you elite at it yeah so linebacker you kind of have to do a little bit of everything you know you you're expected to run with running backs but be able to be strong enough to take on offensive linemen so it's a very difficult position it's not a lot of people can do it you know being smart and being able to get off of blocks is very important it's for sure a chess match in games where you know it's almost like linebacker versus the quarterback where you know you're checking and setting the front and making sure the coverage is right and the quarterback's making sure the protection is right and that the receiver is running the right route so it's very fun in that aspect of it but what i say is my strongest suit is i don't get blocked very easily so you know i come in contact with a lot of linemen and you know fullbacks or tight ends but 
it's it's hard for for them to stay blocking me. I'm I'm pretty good at getting off blocks and and making tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage and being disruptive in the pass game too is also something that's important that I do well. Now, Brendan, you played on both offense and defense in college, which is interesting because most people don't play different positions on both sides of the ball in college. They might have played one in high school and switched in college, but you don't see them go back and forth. So now you're back to being DB, which you know some people will say is one of the hardest positions to play in football. Colony might have a different opinion on that. But so when you look at the defensive back position, Brendan, like what in your mind makes that a hard position to play and how do you need to do it well? And then what makes you elite at it? I think probably one of the hardest jobs that a defensive back has to do is just communicate with not only your corner, your other safety, but also with the linebackers because you're kind of intertwined with all of them except the defensive line. I don't really ever talk to those, those guys very often. And if you make a mistake in a secondary, it's kind of exposed. I mean, you don't really have anybody else behind you. The D-line, you have the linebackers, the linebackers have us, but we don't really have anybody. So once, if you make a mistake, it's kind of amplified. And I think what kind of makes me a good safety is that I'm able to diagnose and see formations and, you know, then kind of remember tendencies that you went over in the film room and also just communication. You know, if, even if you make the wrong check, as long as everybody's on the same page, everybody's right. So not being afraid to voice what I see on the field, I think also gives me an advantage as well. And how has playing receiver helped you to improve as a defensive back? I think being able to recognize body language, when I do look at uh, defensive backs, corners and safeties, I can kind of you know, tell just by body demeanor where, you know, if it's a safety rolling down, safety rolling to the middle, if they're in man coverage or not, because, you know, I had to play the position. So I kind of know what body position I have to get into, you know, to be successful. And so I think being able to do that, diagnose coverages, helps me at receiver. All right. So Colin, let's talk about college football and you starting off your freshman year at Arizona, 2017 season. You played in 13 games, started in the final nine as Mike Linebacker. You were named the Pac-12 Freshman Defensive Player of the Year. You led all FBS freshman defenders with 13 and a half tackles for loss, TFLs. And actually, the 13 and a half TFL stat was the most for an Arizona freshman in the past 20 seasons. Not sure if you knew that or not, but pretty impressive. You finished the season with 95 total tackles, 67 of them solo. What were you doing right that first year to really kick off your college career on a high note? Yeah, like you said, I started the last nine games. So there was that four game buffer before I started to where I could sit back and not get a full games of reps in, but kind of watch from the sideline and see what the offenses were doing and the guys coming off the field and picking their brain and, and ask what they're seeing out there. And then when I went in the game for the couple of series I would get, I was able to make the most of it. And most of it too, is my effort where, you know, I was on the field, not starting. I was like, I'm I, like, I want them to make, give them a reason like to take me off. So being lazy is a quick way to do that. So just flying around and running the ball and, and just believing in myself and believing in the works prep that we put in, each week helped me build the confidence to play. And then once I did get in the game, just treat it like practice where you continue to make plays and, and you make enough of them and they don't want to take you off the field. Right. And then you continue to do well the following year, started 12 games, 119 tackles, 72 solo, 21 and a half TFLs, three and a half sacks. But wait, there's more Four pass breakups, two interceptions, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. I mean, you're doing great. Led all power five defenders with 1.79 TFLs per game. 
Then the year after that, another great performance. I mean, you led the team in tackles for two straight seasons, led them in TFLs for three seasons. So again, like, what were you doing to continue to ensure that you would perform and show out every Saturday? Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier, where it's you don't want to get complacent with your ass. So it's always getting better. So each off season, there was something that I could get better at and self-diagnosing and saying, okay, well, I know I'm good in this area of my game, but this area is a little weak. So turning your weakness into a strength was something that that I love doing and that I looked forward to in the off season. And I actually, each one of those seasons, I had a different position coach too. So I had a different view coming at me talking about, okay, this is what I see you as a player, but this is what we can improve. So picking their brains too helped me out a lot. And then, like I said, just going out there and, and trusting in the training and making plays and, and not hesitating. And after that first season, it was like, okay, I, I, I've already done this before. Like, why not replicate it? So that's how I was able to continue to, to perform at an elite level. And when you look back at your time playing at Arizona, what was the most memorable experience for you there? I would say most memorable experience is just playing with some guys that I became really close with, especially in my class on defense. I played with Tony Fields, who's with the Cleveland Browns right now. Anthony Pandy, who just had his pro day on Tuesday. He killed it. And my guy, J.B. Brown, we played against each other in high school. So it was kind of us that became really close early on in my career. And then there are a lot of other guys I played with that made it memorable. But my freshman year, we played Cal Berkeley at Cal. And it was a double overtime game where I made a game winning play in the end zone on a two point conversion. And that was probably the most memorable play I had there. The guys there that I played with made it all worthwhile. Nice. And I'm going to come back and we'll talk about your time playing at Texas Tech. But Brendan, let's talk about you for a little bit. So you began your career at the University of Oregon, played there for four seasons. Your freshman year played in all 12 games, 10 starts at safety. You were tied for fifth in the Pac-12 and tied for third amongst FBS freshmen with a team high four interceptions that year. Talk to us about your freshman year and you know how you were able to perform well. Yeah, I mean... Came in to fall camp about like two days before it started. And I didn't really expect, you know, to play. But like Colin said, you know, having that work ethic and kind of having that motor, I just came in, kind of hit the ground running and just made my kind of mark on special teams where, you know, starting I got on the depth chart a little bit and then got some opportunities at corner, actually, my first game and made the two deep at corner. And so I remember calling my mom and dad, like, you guys got to get tickets, like, I'm, I'm going to be playing like they didn't really expect me to to get some any any playing time my freshman year just because of like my recruiting story and all that but also having a great coach John Neal up there had a, had a lot of faith in me and you know coached me up really well and just being able to play free and not be like afraid to make a mistake and I think kind of having a dad that taught us that was kind of something I took to college you know if you're going to make a mistake make it going 100, 100 miles an hour so kind of having that mindset and you know playing free and being confident in what I see I think kind of gave me that success my freshman year at Oregon. So now let's transition to your sophomore year. Some changes happened your way. That's when you made the switch from safety to wide receiver. Talk to us about that transition. How did that come to be? Yeah, so we had that Helfridge staff got let go that offseason, and then the new staff came in with Willie Taggart, and we had a couple receivers transfer out and a couple get hurt those first couple of days of fall camp. And Coach Taggart had came to me and asked if I'd be if I'd play receiver for him for a little bit just because he saw I had that past in high school. And I was like, yeah, if that's what the team needs, like I'll, I'll be out there and ended up actually doing really well those first couple of days at receiver. And they're just like, okay, we're going to keep you here because, you know, the depth issues. And, you know, I think you bring a lot of good things to the table. And 
ended up starting a receiver a couple of games that season, but played in all of them, you know, was a first team all pack 12 special teams player my sophomore year. So special teams was, was, was really important to me. But that first year having Justin, you know, Herb as, as your quarterback helped a lot. You know, he put a lot of balls where they needed to be to help, you know, myself and that receiver core look good that year. Colin, what did you think when uh, Brendan told you they'd moved him over to receiver? I knew he was an athlete, so I knew that there was, you know, no problem with him doing that. I knew he was going to do well. But, you know, as a defensive guy, it made me sick because, you know, we're, we're hunters on defense. You know, we go and hunt and on offense. They get way too much praise for what they do. Everybody wants to see 60 points scored every single game, and that's what I tried to stop. So to see him go to the dark side was a little disappointing. But, you know, I knew he was going to be successful over there. And it was, it was kind of fun because when we played each other, we were on opposite sides of the ball. So it was a very cool experience seeing him on that side of the field. Sure. Now he's back on the other side, too. Yeah, he came back. <laughs> he came back. So, Brendan, as you look back at your time playing with Oregon, what was your most memorable experience? I would say probably one of my most, I think there's two, one for offense and defense is when I had my first interception against Virginia. I think it was the second game of the season. And then I would say my first touchdown catch against Nebraska my sophomore year were probably like two really, really cool experiences, you know, getting to play in big robbery games against Stanford and UW and Oregon State. Like those, those games I'll, like, I'll never be able to forget. So I had some pretty cool moments up there. Sure. And you ended up uh, making the decision to transfer to the University of Arizona, thinking you were going to play with Colin that next year. And that was the COVID year, right? Yeah. And everything kind of changed. And so talk to us, both of you guys. I want to get your take on kind of that year and what it was like for playing in this new environment that we all had to figure out, not knowing what was going on with this pandemic. So, Colin, I'll start with you. Talk to us about that year for you and what it was like and then your decision to transfer to, to Texas Tech. Yeah, it, it started off very, very promising in, you know, January of 2020. And then around, we got a week of spring ball in, and then we had our spring break. And then I went home for spring break and never came back, you know? So it was very strange not going through that and, and coming through the first wave of students that or student athletes that they brought back at Arizona, doing gym workouts outside on the turf with the mask on in the Arizona heat was very challenging. And then, you know, we were there almost three months going through fall camp stuff. They postponed a couple of the games of the season and brought them back. And then the pack or the big 10 canceled. And then not long after that, the pack 12 canceled. So then there was some very serious conversations that we had within our family and with Brent and I, each other. And we decided that we'll, we want to go to a conference that's going to play because there were plenty of other conferences playing. So we didn't understand why, you know, some of these power five conferences aren't playing football, especially, you know, when there was three that found ways to do it. So we said, all right, we'll, we'll go to a conference that wants to play football. And that was a very stressful time. I'm not even going to lie. It wasn't like, Oh, let's go find a home. It was late August where we got the portal and every day, was very important for us during that time and when we put our names in the portal schools have up to two days to put your name in the portal well of course they waited two days to finally put our name in the portal so we can't even talk to schools for a couple of days and next you know oh it's on august 22nd now you know we're talking to coaches and oh we really love you but we don't have a spot for you you know or we, we want one of you guys but not both of you guys or 
we give you a preferred walk on. So it, it was very, it was very tough on that sense, finding the perfect fit. And then we had to think, okay, well, this school starts the first game on September 9th. This one starts September 14th. How many days of fall camp slash, you know, weeks of practice are we going to get before we can show up? Because at that time too, when you showed up to a campus, you had a quarantine. So we're on the clock. Okay. When I got to tech, I had a quarantine for four days. And then there's an acclimatization period where you can only have two to three practices without pads on and only a helmet. So all this is going through our minds at the same time. And we're looking at each other like, we're probably not going to end up at the same place with all this going on. So it ended up that I played Texas Tech in 2019. So I was familiar with them. Their defense was was very good that year. Jordan Brooks was a first-round linebacker coming out of that school. So I, I knew more about them than I would traditional Pat or Big 12 school. So I, I got to know Matt Wells very well, very quickly. And he gave me a shot and, you know, and I took it and ran with it. Unfortunately, Brennan wasn't able to come with me on that, but it was a very stressful time that happened very quickly. Sure. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy time for all of us, but I can imagine for you trying to figure out where do I go next so that I can play and continue on with my football career. So Brendan, you ended up going to the University of Texas to be a Longhorn. Talk to us about the year for you and how you got to Texas. I mean, yeah, like Colin said, it was it was a stressful time. And I was actually supposed to go to Texas Tech with Colin, but we'd have both been two preferred walk-ons just because they didn't have any scholar- like enough scholarships. And then Texas kind of came out of the blue with old Herman staff and kind of called me up. And I was like, okay, well, before we entertain this any longer, do you have any scholarships? Because like... I thought, if not, I'm going to go play with my brother. And they're like, no, we got a scholarship for you. Like, it's all said and done. You just have, you just have to get into the school. And I was like, okay, well, that's not going to be a problem. So I kind of talked to Colin, talked to mom and dad. And I was like, look, guys, I mean, scholarship kind of talks loud, more loud than, you know, a preferred walk-on does. So that's how I kind of made my decision to go to Texas. Colin, so talk to us about your last season here with uh, Texas Tech. What was it like for you transitioning to that school? And uh, what was what were some of the positive experiences you've taken away from being a part of that program? Yeah, that second year at Tech was 120% better than the first year I had at Tech. Not because of football, but because of just lifestyle, where at Texas Tech in 2020, I was in my apartment or I was at football. There was no, you know, team bonding and things that we did. We didn't go to the coach's house and have a dinner. We didn't go to a bowling alley with the team or anything like that. So. It, it was very hard for me that first year. I, I didn't even really talk to my roommate who also transferred in, Tyree Wilson. I didn't even see him in my apartment because, you know, we were so, like, worried about testing positive that it was football and home. So it, it was very hard in that sense. But then the second year, you know, we were able to go do more things, and I was able to bond with my teammates more and, you know, learn everybody's name because, you know, you come to a program, there's over 100 players' names that you have to learn, let alone coaches and staff and everybody. No, that second year was so much better. And, you know, we we made a bowl game this year. It was the first time that they had went to a bowl game since 2017. And then first time they won a bowl game since I want to say 2015. So it was it was good to leave a, a mark in, in Texas Tech history and winning a bowl game and, and setting the the next generation and the new coaching staff up on, on a good note. So, Brendan, I'm going to ask you the same question when it comes to Texas. What were some of the positives about the program and that last year for you? I would say is the moment I stepped on campus, I had, you know, guys in, in, introducing themselves to me, you know, being friendly and making sure that I kind of felt wanted and, you know, you know comfortable there. And I also I lived by myself for a little while because just everyone else had roommates and stuff. So like Colin said, you were either at the football facility or, you know, you were at home. So it was kind of tough at first, but once I made friends, you know, 
guys like Travis West, Turner Simons, and, you know, I had a really good tight-knit group of friends that, you know, kind of took me in. So having them being so friendly and stuff, you know, kind of allowed me to come out of my shell, and, you know, be myself and, you know, be that goofy guy that I am. So that first year was 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 pretty fun, but definitely that off-season, like Colin said, being able to bond with those guys even more and make more friends on the team and learn more names and stuff, that, that second season was, I, w- I would say, more fun than the first one for sure. So let's fast forward. So you guys are done playing college football. I know you were training with Atlet in, in Texas down there and getting ready for the draft. And so if someone were to ask you, Colin, why should I pick you over another linebacker? What would you say? I would say just because, I mean, ask any teammate I have, I'm a good teammate. I make the people around me better. And if you go, like you were naming off some of my stats, you know, the consistency that I have throughout every single season. So you know what you're going to get out of me. I make the people around me better. I played in special teams every single year. I've been in college, so I'm not just a one spot guy. And, you know, like I said, I'm still hungry. I still want to get better and I, I like to win. Great answer. How about you, Brendan? Same question. I mean, I would just say I'm, I'm versatile. I can play offense. I can play defense. Treating special teams how I do where it's, you know, just as important as offense or defense. You know, I bring, you know, value to a team where, you know, instead of having a draft, you know, a defensive back and a receiver, you take me, I, I get to fill up those, both those spots, you know, plus being able to play special teams, you know, you're going to have to kind of drag me off the field at, uh, at, at, a, at a certain point. So I would say, you know, that's what, you know, probably the most valuable thing I bring to the table. Great answers. All right, guys. So what I want to do now is run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Brennan, I'm going to start with you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? Growing up in California, I'd love to go to the beach, love to surf. I think I learned to surf when I was like five or six years old. So I was a big beach guy. But coming out to Texas, I kind of found this new love of hunting. I was able to go hunting a couple of times with a few of my buddies and, you know, kind of fell in love with it. So I would say either going to the beach, hunting, hanging out with friends, being a goofball, you know, being on the lake, being on the boat, just being outside. I love it. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? One thing that most people don't know, I would say I love pizza. Like I love, if I could eat that every day of my life, I think I could. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if that would work out well for your own performance, (laughs) but nice. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Enthusiastic, driven. And loyal. I think those are the the three words. Great three words. Now, if you had one intro song to be played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? I'd have to say "Too Sexy for My Shirt." That that be that just be a funny one. Right? All right. All right. No, Colin's looking at you a little bit funny there. <laughs> Next question is: What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? That hard work beats talent every day when talent doesn't want to work hard. Love that. I'm going to flip it now and ask you, what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone? I would say, especially if I was talking to my younger self, is just keep your head down and just work. You know, your hard work will pay off, even though if you don't see it right now, if you put, you know, a dollar in the bank every day, that dollar is going to multiply. And we have a younger cousin who just committed to UCLA and is going to be a freshman this this offseason. That's, that's the one thing I told him, like, just work, keep your head down, respect your older guys, listen to what they say, and good, and, and good things will happen. For sure. I mean, they say, you know, the life you're living today is a result of the work that you put in three to five years ago, right? So if you keep putting in that work, you're going to see the results. Yep. All right. So my next question is, you're hosting a dinner party, and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. 
because they're just very successful at what they do. And I would love to just hear like how they became successful. Tom Brady, just because I want to surround myself with successful people. And all three of those guys are, you know, the most successful at what they do. So being able to pick their brains, you know, hear what they have to say with you would be pretty influential. Three great choices. And the last question is, do you sing in the shower? Of course. It's a concert. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. All right. So now, Colin, I'm going to go to you with these same questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Outside of football, what do you like to do? I would say me and Brent are really similar. I mean, I like, we, I grew up going to the beach, learned to surf at a very young age. For vacation, we'd go dirt bike riding or go to the river and wakeboard and, and everything like that. I've never been hunting before, so I can't say, you know, that's my newfound love, but I'm very open to try it. You know, Brent loves it, but being outside is something I, I really enjoy. And what is one thing that most people don't know about you? It's crazy. Did you ask him this question? I can't even remember. I would say, I mean, I do love pizza too, but I feel like, to be honest, I've never read a book cover to end. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> At least willingly, like by myself, you know, like not like off of school, but like by myself, I've never picked up a book and read it cover to end. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I would say fun sarcastic but like in a you know cool way not like in a mean way and like like brennan said loyal too you know i I take that very seriously especially when it comes to friends and family sure that is important now if you had one intro song played at your public appearances what would that song be probably back in black okay next question is what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach in order to move forward you have to let something go yeah, where it's like in football, you know, it's uh, if you want to take strides in your performance of football, you have to, you know, let something go, like staying up late, you know, where you get good sleep or going out with friends, you have to sacrifice some stuff to get better at football. Oh, so I really like that. Okay, I'm going to flip it now and ask what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Just to rely on discipline instead of motivation, especially, you know, like during fall camp, those first two to three days, everybody's so excited you know, to get up and they're really motivated to go practice. But when the motivation falls away, you know, you rely on your discipline. And and that's something that's really helped me out because motivation fades away, but the discipline will always be there. Now you are hosting a dinner party and you want to invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Kobe Bryant, you know, just the way he worked and fell in love with the grind and always got better and what he was doing after basketball too. I feel like that would be a person, you know, I'd love to talk to. This is going to sound very weird, but Rodney Dangerfield, because he's hilarious. Like, I mean, he a lot of old movies, a lot of his one-liners are stuff I still laugh at today. I feel like it would just be hilarious if he showed up. And then the third person, I would say probably Peyton Manning. He he looks like he, he loves what he does. I've watched Peyton's places, so he's able to, you know, educate people on the beginning of football and talk with current and former players and and things like that. So I'm just kind of pick his brain and see, you know, how he can still be around football even when he's done and and still enjoy it. That'd be fun to to learn. Three great choices. And the last question, do you sing in the shower? I, of course I do. It's, It's a performance, but I'm only attendance in there. I'm the only person there, but it's for sure a performance. Okay, great. So guys, as we look to close the show, let people know, how can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? I have Instagram would probably be the best one at Brendan underscore schooler. I have a TikTok, but I don't have a lot of followers. But yeah, I'm mainly Instagram and Twitter. 
Uh, yeah, Instagram. I'm just Colin Schooler. Colin with one L. I do not have a TikTok, so I have less <laughs> followers than Brendan. But and then on Twitter, it's uh, Schooler Colin. Okay, cool. We will have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was great chatting with you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode and you haven't yet hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do so today. And also share the episode with a friend or two or three. That's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.